You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, culture consultant and founder of Liberty Mind, and I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations and employees about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Make It Thrive. Well, incredibly, this will be our final episode of season three. I don't know about you folks, but it feels like it's gone pretty quickly. But don't worry, though, as season four is already in the pipeline and will be out in the spring. So if technology behaves itself, we should be launching season four in May. So if you haven't done so already, I would highly recommend recommend, recommend that you subscribe so you can keep well updated with all of our next seasons. But on to this week. So this week, I'm talking to Pat Whalen, CEO and co-founder of Paddle HR, about demystifying employee career pathing. Because let's be honest, the traditional career path is no longer what we want or what we really need. So today, Pat is going to talk us through how essentially you can diversify your career in just one company and how as a HR manager or someone responsible for helping with employee development and learning, you can really nurture people to actually find their best place within the organisation. So let's get started. Hi Pat and welcome to Make It Thrive. Give us an introduction to yourself and the work you do there at Paddle HR. Absolutely. So I'm uh, Pat Whalen. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Paddle. And what we do at Paddle is we help large organizations, we help the employees within large organizations find new career paths within the same company. Uh, So uh, many employees, um, they don't feel a sense of of career growth in their their current organization. It's hard to sort of see what would be a good next role for them. Um, They're thinking, uh, you know, they're, they're thinking generally about climbing the ladder, but organizations are a lot flatter and there's just less opportunity for people to move around. And so in large organizations, it can be difficult to find those, what you might call a lateral move. And so we've trained uh, an artificial intelligence on 400 million people's career histories to sort of automatically map out how do people move in their career and then use that to make recommendations for individual employees. Wow, that is so insightful. And it's something that I think is really needed because like you say, there are so many people already in organizations that are feeling really unmotivated about the roles that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, generally what we're finding is if you look a generation uh, before us, you might switch jobs uh, every five to 10 years. So, and, and generally you wouldn't even necessarily always switch companies. You just would, you know, get a promotion and move to the next part of your uh, career. Uh, now it's switching jobs about every uh, you know two years. That's sort of the the time that people want to move. So people do feel restless a lot quicker. Uh, it's true of of younger generations and older generations. And you know my suspicion and what I think a lot of people in the in the space are thinking is that that rate's only going to increase. So uh, people will switch jobs at an increasingly frequent rate. And what that will actually look like is that organizations will structure themselves around projects. And so you won't necessarily be switching full time role and have a new manager every you know, three or six months, but you will be switching projects on a really quick basis. And so your work is going to change in a really dynamic way. And so that's why we're trying to, uh, you know, build a, a platform that can help kind of facilitate some of that mobility within a company. 
Absolutely. That's fantastic. Because like you say, it's, it, we are all sort of beginning to change roles a lot quicker. And, you know, there's no, there is no such thing as a, a job for life anymore. And I think gaining that career pathing within an organization can really help people to really maximize their potential as well. Because sometimes, especially when you, you start roles, you can really feel like, um, you know, that you're not using your full potential, that actually there's there's a little bit more that you want to do. Or, or sometimes even after a few years, you're thinking, oh, I've, d- I've done this now. I kind of want to try something a bit different. Yeah, absolutely. Like people, I think, you know, you crave that um, that growth and growth comes from trying new new things in a lot of ways. And so the way I've, you know, been thinking about it more and more is, um you know, you, you will probably have multiple careers in your life. And the way I think about a career is, is almost having like a skill set in a particular set of contexts. So, you know, I'm going to be a, a recording, a journalist, a podcast journalist uh, in the, you know, uh, tech space, let's say that might be a career for a while. And then at some point, you're going to want to pivot out of that. And generally, you'll pivot along one of those lines. So maybe you'll uh, move into journalism in a totally different field, or maybe you'll take an operating role within a technology company. You know, you'll, you'll sort of take a one increment between that. But within those careers, you're going to have lots of different jobs and lots of different projects. And that's where it becomes really interesting. Um, so imagine a really, really big organization. Uh, you're working in one division. You're like a financial analyst in the finance department. And a really similar skill set is required on the team that's about to launch um, you know, a brand new product to market. So totally different world than what you're looking at, but a similar skill set and the same employer. Typically today, you know, your best way of finding out about those roles is really just going online like you would as if you're looking for an external role and start searching, right? And and the shame of that is that you already work for the organization. It's already, it's literally on a different floor in the building that you go to every day. And so I think that's kind of the opportunity that we're, um, we're trying to figure out here is, uh, you know, that, that craving for mobility, that craving for change in your career doesn't always have to mean switching employers and uprooting your life in a big way. Um, there's a lot of opportunity within these large organizations and that's what we're trying to, trying to uncover. Absolutely. I totally agree. I think this is so unique and such a great approach to helping people feel more engaged in all these organizations. I mean, it's something still quite new, I think, here in the the UK, this whole idea of employee career pathing. So how do you think it can help businesses keep people? Yeah, uh, that's that's really interesting uh, that you say that it's it's relatively new in the UK, because actually a lot of our our interest is in the UK. A lot of our, our customers, some of our largest customers are in, in London. And so um, it, I find them actually to be early adopters. So I'm curious to kind of dig into that and get your perspective on why. Um, but uh, yeah, how does this how does this help keep in place? So yeah, the business case around a product like this for the employer is, is pretty simple. They're losing really, really great talent um, because there's a perceived lack of career growth. So we know that um, when companies are polling uh, their employees through engagement surveys, career growth is often one of the lowest scoring um, uh, metrics that they're measuring. And when you ask people why they leave a company, the, almost the top reason, uh, almost always the top reason is a lack of career growth. It's right up there with the other two big ones that you probably think about, which is you know a people problem, like I, I don't like my manager, I don't like a team member, or a, a compensation issue, I could make more money across the road. So those three are all kind of tied for uh, the most common reasons that come up in next interviews. So companies are, are really trying to tackle uh, how to improve career growth in the context of 
one, employees want to move more, more readily. We know that. But two, their businesses are changing a lot. And there's this really um, clear understanding from the top that the skills that are in the business today may not be the skills that we require in the future. Uh, and so there's going to be some form of transformation. And so the ability to uh, move people really quickly, move skills really quickly around the organization allows them to be more agile, go after new uh, business models and markets more readily, stay competitive. Um, so there's there's a lot of really keen interest in both it as a defensive and offensive tack, if I can use that example. Defensive in the sense of we want to keep great talent, but offensive in the sense of we're trying to build capabilities in order to stay competitive for the long haul. And part of that is about moving talent around to the areas that are kind of the highest and best use of that skill. Yes, absolutely. No, I really understand. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because actually, we've really changed changed our mindset in the way that, you know, um, we see career progression in an organization. I think some organizations still see career paths as going directly into management positions. We seem to still try to nurture people uh, into sort of leadership or management positions rather than trying to understand you know what other directions they can go in um i mean you know how 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 do you build these non-linear career paths in an organization and what are they look like what are they looking like at the moment yeah so if we kind of go um you know back in time a little bit the career ladder was very much sort of what you described you know you come in uh, as a relatively entry-level role, you kind of sharpen some of your skills. You become a bit more senior as an individual contributor. And then you're invited into management and you go into senior management and then the executive team and so on and so forth. And so it's sort of a, a sort of straight line through the, um, the organizational chart, the hierarchy. And what companies um, came to realize was that is the one-size-fits-all doesn't work. There are some people who are just never going to be great managers. And so there was an evolution. And they created kind of like a two-track system. So a lot of companies still use this, where you can you can progress in your career through a management track or through an individual contributor track. And so that's a way for those like really skilled individuals who just really are not good managers can continue to get promotions and get raises and all those things. Uh, they can kind of go in that specialist track, sort of generally what you might call it, or an expert track. And so that's kind of what a lot of companies are using today, this dual track system, but it's still really focused on this upward mobility. Um, and, and generally organizations are flatter. So even though they're still structured for around upward mobility, there are less steps up because they've, they've really worked to kind of flatten the organization. So really the, the number of opportunities, the greatest number of opportunities are kind of out to the side. They're those lateral moves where you, uh, you go over into a new area and you learn either you learn about a new business area, a new context, a new set of problems, but you're using a really similar skill set or you're working in a similar environment and you're using uh, a new uh, skill set. You're developing a new skill set in the similar environment that you already know. And, and people can do that in both ways. And generally what we uh, are trying to encourage in organizations is you need to do that, you know, one, two, sometimes three times in order to build uh, kind of a, a breadth of skills and understanding in the business in order to really make yourself a strong competitor for that next promotion. Not to mention, it, it shouldn't. It's not just the means to an end, right? The skill development um, is a reward in itself, in a sense. Like people are craving career growth, uh, not promotions, and I think that's really important. It doesn't always have to be upward, um, and so that skill development can really help satisfy that career growth. So that that's kind of where we're we're trying to move is help people. Instead of it being kind of these set pathways, rather saying for any individual, 
here are all of the great options for you. It's a mix of lateral, diagonal, promotions, a mix of learning new skills versus using your skills in different areas of the business. Um, it's really trying to give a diversity of options while still slimming it down so you don't have the thousands of open jobs on a job board uh, as your only point of reference. That's fantastic. It's so fascinating because like you say, it's one of these things where as, as an individual, you have these multifaceted um, you know, capabilities and yet, you know, it's very difficult to sometimes harness those within an organization because you might only be um, able to go in one direction or, you know, they perhaps don't, they haven't quite adopted that specialism pathway yet. Um, so, I mean, I, I personally see it a lot where a lot of um, sort of more highly skilled people are just put into a leadership or senior role even though they 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 actually don't even want to be managing people they actually want to be continue, continuing to grow and develop their knowledge yeah absolutely i think that it's something you know one of the areas that we're we're delving into more is um it's all great to do this in kind of full-time capacities, but how can you leverage your skills in different areas of the business and grow skills in kind of part-time ways? And so one of the uh, things that we're going to be launching this quarter is a, a project marketplace. And so it's a way for you to kind of, to your point, uh, develop and, and leverage your skills in new and creative ways off the side of your desk um, and, and kind of build that exposure to new businesses. So the example I always think about that helps really make it clear is I was working um, in a hospital many years ago. And uh, the person who sat next to me was an executive assistant to a couple of the researchers in this hospital. And, uh, but on the weekends uh, was one of the uh, most sought after uh, wedding photographers uh, in our, in our city. And so, you know, not a skill set that you would just from a job title uh, expect, uh, but actually had this, you know, really interesting artistic and, and craft around photography. And so that is the, the kind of person that we're hoping to unlock. So, you know, put that into the context of, you know, say a client of, of paddles, um, you've got a team and they need some headshots done and the, uh, there's no one with that particular skill set. How do they kind of go out to the company and say, look, we've got this project. It should only take two hours. We need some photography for a presentation that we're going to be doing. Uh, can anyone come help us out? And sure enough, an employee who had no idea has a, a really great skill set. Um, can actually jump in and, and take that on. And obviously that scales from everything to those, I need you for half an hour on a, on a Friday afternoon to, you know, we need someone to play a really critical role in an ongoing project for the next six months. But tapping into that kind of latent skill set, that, that kind of hidden skill set is a huge advantage for companies that I think is, is just being uh, missed. You know, it's not being leveraged. Oh, absolutely. No, I totally agree. I mean, especially because, I mean, I don't know whether you've, you've seen this in the US, but in the UK, we seem to have a real big rise in career coaches. They're becoming increasingly popular um, outside of organizations, you know, helping people to find fulfilling careers and, um, you know, that, that work-life harmony that all of us are trying to find. Um, but what do you feel HR need to do in order to evolve you know, their role so they can better guide people within these organizations? Uh, yeah, career um, career coaching. I think it's a really uh, important aspect of this. So the, the trouble though is like, you know, every organization, whether they like to discuss it or not, is kind of structured like a pyramid. Uh, so the, the further uh, down in the hierarchy you go, the more volume of people there are. And so what companies end up doing is they, they sort of say, look, we're going to do a really kind of hands-on approach for the folks at the top of the pyramid. And maybe a few select, they call them high performers or something like that, a few select people below the pyramid who we believe will eventually be at that top part. 
And that allows them to control costs and really focus their energy on areas on the on the employees who are kind of you know the the most senior executives, et cetera. Um, and and I understand why it helps them do succession planning and career planning and keep those people longer and and all that. But it leaves out uh, a ton of the folks that are actually creating a ton of value for you. Everyone in that huge chunk in the bottom of the pyramid. And so that's where I think technology can come to play because I understand the rationale from HR. They say we can't provide one-on-one career coaching to everyone. So the kind of evolution here was, okay, well, you, managers will be career coaches. And then it became clear that that, that wasn't going to be feasible. And so companies have, have kind of moved to employees should own their own career, right? That was something um, that gets talked a lot about, right? Uh, you know, you're empowered to own your own career. Um, and so they were sort of thrown into the deep end without any sort of uh, resources or uh, life supports or anything like that. And that's sort of where where we find ourselves today. And that's sort of where we're trying to come in and say, you may not get one on one career coaching from your employer, but perhaps we can give you conversation starters and empower you and your manager to be a little bit better at having those conversations because that's employees don't know what's out there. Managers don't know what's out there either. And so you ask these two uh, groups to kind of help each other. Um, and neither are, neither are fully aware of, of all the options and, and how to get there. And so that's sort of what we're, we're trying to do is almost be the, the map or the guiding, the guiding tool around that. So that, that's sort of the challenge that companies face is it's, it's not cost effective to do it human to human all the time. Um, and so how do you use technology to scale that? Yeah, definitely. No, I completely agree because I think, like you say, it's initiating some of those conversations as well and and giving people the confidence to have those conversations because without knowing the opportunities that are available to them, it's that they perhaps don't wouldn't even initiate that conversation or or those conversations wouldn't exist in an organization. Yeah, it's it's the for sure, it's knowing the options that are out there. There's so many other um barriers. Like if you think you're in a job and you don't really love that job. Um, often the easiest path is for you to uh, just go on Indeed or LinkedIn and see what's out there, apply cold, uh, get the interview, get the job and go. Often you'll end up getting more money. Um, you'll get a higher salary and you won't have to have those awkward conversations with your your manager. The uh, kind of fascinating thing is even if that is objectively uh, the easier path, people still want to move internally. And I think that that is, a, that is like, a, if you're a company and you're, you're seeing that where employees really want to move internally, and yet, even though it's against their own best interests, that's a sign that you've created a really uh, great culture. You've created a great place to work um, and people are willing to do the hard thing in order to stay, but they still need that career growth. And that's sort of what we're um, what we're trying to help facilitate. So yeah, one is knowing what's out there because that certainly helps those conversations. But two is creating a culture in which you can have that conversation with your manager and you say, look, I want to leave this team someday. What does that look like? And do I have the psychological safety to have that conversation? Uh, so there's a lot of uh, a lot that goes into making a really healthy internal mobility, career pathing kind of culture. Um, but part of it is knowing what's out there. Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely agree. It has to come down to that culture, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Because otherwise, if, if you've not got that internal culture to have those kind of conversations, they're certainly never going to be stimulated in the first place to, to come and say, oh, hey, by the way, <laughs> I want to move to a different team or a different department. Um, yeah, that, that's a real, really valid point. I mean, in the UK, um, it was found that a, a lack of career growth is one of the biggest reasons people decide to leave their jobs. I mean, do you believe that this 
this method of employee career pathing could alter this, can actually make more people stay? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I do. I think, and this is true almost, you know, everywhere in uh, in North America and Europe, uh, career growth is a top reason why people are leaving. Um, at the same time, you've also got this kind of like undercurrent of anxiety about whether or not my skills and my expertise are going to be valuable in the long haul. The world's changing. What's my role going to be in that changing world? So career growth is certainly top of mind for uh, for individuals. Uh, career pathing, I think, has a lot to do with it. So if I think about, you know, think about your time in a job, uh, you get hired, um, you have that first period, that honeymoon period where everything's really exciting and really fun. And then you kind of hit your stride and you're performing. You're not, you're not bored yet, but you're, you're not being pushed as readily. And then that kind of turns into being, uh, you know, a little bit bored. You're not learning as quickly. Uh, the learning curve is kind of rounded out. Um, you're starting to think about what's next. So the way we try and think about it is how do you inject uh, a sense of career growth and understanding a knowledge around the career growth opportunities throughout each part of that process. So even as you're going through that learning curve and you're new, a new employee, we want to communicate career paths to you. Even though you're not going to move, you're happy where you are. Uh, we want to we want to show you what the options are to kind of get the get the wheels moving. Then when you're uh, you know you're at that point where you're flattening out. Um, and you're performing well, but you could take on a little more. This is where we want to introduce you to potentially some of those part-time projects. And the benefit of that is you're learning a little bit more, but you're also starting to meet people in the organization. People get jobs internally the same way they get them externally. It's all about the network that you have. So you're meeting people, you're building an understanding of different areas of the business. And then when you're really, you know, now you're, now you're bored and you want to make a move, that's when we want to introduce you to sort of the job board and start saying, okay, so you understand your career paths, you've done these projects, but here are some actual open opportunities that you can now apply for and try to make a move. So career growth and trying to get people to have a, a sense that where they are today can provide that. Before it's ever about the move, it's almost about changing hearts and minds. It's about sort of building a, a culture and an awareness around this is a place where I can grow in my career. It's not a, a landing point. It's not just a job. It's a career. It's a place I can grow. So we try and do that, you know, throughout the entire employee life cycle. That's fantastic. It really is. Because like you say, I think often with our careers, like you've touched upon, you know, it's not just the pay, but it's how fulfilling our roles are and how they support our lifestyles. I mean, especially with this approach and, and enabling it in an organization, do you think, you know, taking that holistic approach about, you know, helping people with um, all areas of their life um, and really looking at actually, you know, it's not just the job, but also, um, you know, perhaps someone wants to think about in the future, I don't know, ha for example, having children, but maybe their current roles overly demanding on 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 their needs um and actually they want to stay in the organization because like you say they enjoy the culture but actually they need a role that's got a bit more flexibility or something else like that do you think this approach is also needed when sort of creating this career path thing absolutely so we um you know one of the the origins of our 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 thinking on this as a company was around this idea of motivations in your career so you can, um, you know, you may be motivated by money, you may be motivated by work-life balance, you may be motivated by skill development, you may be motivated by, um, you know, having a, a big impact, you know, a large remit of responsibilities, whatever the case may be. One of the things that we really clearly learned was that that changes over time. It's not a static thing. You're not motivated by one thing for your whole career. So there's going to be periods of time where, 
you know, I want to make a bit of cash and I want to focus on that. There's going to be other periods in time where you want to have a, a societal impact that is beyond just a profit, a profit line for the business. There's periods where you're going to want to be able to spend more time at home. And so, you know, answering emails or staying past five are just not going to, uh, not going to be possible for, you know, a period of time in your life. And then that might change again. And so I think understanding those uh, motivations and life stages is really important. Um, you know, one of our clients is uh, rolled out our platform to folks on uh, parental leave, so maternity leave or, or paternity leave. And uh, it's a really interesting time in your career. You know, you've taken some time away uh, to start a family. And through that period of time, you also had time to reflect on what you want from a career going forward. So what it, it's actually sort of shown is that there's a natural uh, it's a natural time to make a bit of a career pivot, both for lifestyle reasons, but also you've had this kind of period of reflection. Uh, so it's it's a really it's really interesting and it's really important to understand uh, the cycles of life and and how that affects career and create the space for people to um, make changes in their career based on the circumstances of what's going on outside of work. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a really important piece and and needs to be part of the conversation. Definitely. I find that so fascinating as I'm funny enough. One of the um, other episodes that I, we've got on here is actually talking about motivations and how is, you know, they, they change not only through, you know, life circumstances, but also from the different ages that you go from. I mean, I certainly know, you know, my motivations at 20 were very different to what they are now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So do you think with career pathing, is this adaptable as well to all sectors and industries or, or does it have its limits? It's a great question. So um, career growth, I think, is, you know, if you think about, um, you know, your, your life, uh, you've got sort of your uh, family, your health and your job. These are kind of like three big pillars that are going to have an impact on your health and um, or on your on your well being as a as a as a person, um, and when one of those is is disrupted, it has an effect on the other two, um, and so to that to that degree, I think career pathing is is relevant. It's a human condition more than it is a labor market condition. It is something, you know, we can get into a whole conversation about whether or not the the way we've organized the economy is good for the world, but it is it is the way it is today, uh, and that involves us all or most of us having a job. And so career growth, I think, is, is really part of the modern kind of human condition. So I think in, in that sense, yes, it crosses everywhere. Everyone, to some degree, is going to be thinking about what their, their career looks like for them. In terms of, 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 of like what industries um, have this problem on the flip side, so what companies are thinking about this, yeah, we, we have found that it really can, it can cross a lot of industries. It's more a function of size. The bigger the company, the more a tool like Paddle is going to be helpful. Small companies it's the visibility problem isn't as great. You can have conversations, you can create roles for people based on their skill sets in a more dynamic way than you can in a big organization. But governments, mm. large banks, large telecoms, retail organizations, CPGs, manufacturing, like it really, it crosses the gambit in terms of what kind of organizations uh, can use this kind of support. Definitely. No, I absolutely agree. I think it's one of those things where where the more, you know, even with your bigger organizations, there, there's so much potential for that career growth as well. And, and having those those possibilities is. And I, I think with what, what you've experienced so far, Pat, I mean, where should people and, and HR especially start with this career path thing? I mean, have you got any sort of top tips to give people? Yeah, I think it's... Um... 
So I think I'd say a couple of things. So one is I would dig into the data. So we use data to try and drive career paths. The data can be really messy, so it's hard for HR to, to sort of dig into it in a spreadsheet. It's, not, it's too complicated for a spreadsheet, so you do need to kind of put some resource behind it to figure it out. But figure out what kind of mobility is happening. Is most of the changes in your in your um, in jobs uh, promotions are they mostly lateral moves? Are they lateral moves across departments or across functions? Like what's going on today? Because um, one of the things that we find is that organizations. It's they do a lot of internal mobility already. There's a lot of internal hiring. Uh, they still want to do more. So there's there's very few organizations where there's none of this happening. A lot of people already have some baseline they're working with. So that's one thing I would do is kind of understand um, the reality on the ground. Because um, too often, a company's perception around what good career paths look like are driven by anecdotes. So um, you know, uh, Rochelle is a senior vice president and she started in the call center. And so that is what a good career at, uh, X company looks like. Um, and those kind of examples can be, you know, ho hopeful, inspiring kind of stories, but they're not always re uh, reflective of what people's experiences are on the ground. So I think using data to kind of understand what's going on is a really good first step. And then you can sort of understand, okay, what kind of mobility do we want to turn up? AKA, what do we want to encourage more of? And what might be, you know, kind of a bad habit that we want to slow down? Um, so I think that's that's really where I would start. That's absolutely fantastic. And I think you've given people such a great way to look at it because like you say, it's not just going from the, the ground to, you know, C-suite. It's actually sometimes a very different experience for the employee within that organization. So it is identifying, you know, not only what's actually happening, but also what, what people want as well. There's, there's a real lack of sometimes feedback or engagement from sort of management to ground level teams about, you know, what, what do you want to get out of your career growth? Yeah, I think, I think it's, and it's got to be a two-way conversation. So in the sense of, I think it's important for um, companies to create space for employees to, to communicate what they would like out of their career. So when those, you know, as we were talking about before, when those motivations change, um, how do they make changes in their career in order to reflect that motivation? On the flip side, though, I think it's really important for companies to recognize and communicate to employees that skills are going to change. That's going to happen. And that shouldn't come as a shock to employees. So uh, they should communicate that we need um, a lot more of X skill. And in the future, we're going to need a lot less of Y skill. And so that, that could mean, right, it looks like today is often a lot of like, quote unquote, restructuring, a lot of uh, layoffs and, and dramatic changes to people's uh, way of life. And, and, you know, often meaning they lose their job. And what I'd like to see or what I think companies can do a lot better of is pairing retraining with mobility um, so that you're encouraging employees to say, look, these are the skills that the company's going to need for the long haul. We encourage you uh, to think about a career that's going to incorporate these kinds of skills. And employees can say, I'm going to opt out. I'm not interested in that. Or they could say, I'm, I want to be with the company for the long haul. I should learn more digital skills or I should learn more marketing skills or whatever the case may be. And then create programs to actually help them uh, do that. And so whether that's uh, formal learning uh, with courses or it's ex experiential learning through kind of projects and things like that, uh, create the opportunity for people to um, future-proof themselves. So it's kind of, it's got to be a bit of a two-way. How do we, What do employees want and what does the company need? And how do we find the Venn diagram where those two things overlap? Yeah. No, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think you picked up on some really, really important points there, because like you say, it's 
also future proofing some of those skills so that you know as as people age and uh, and want to sort of again change their roles you can actually continue to adapt your workforce to the to the needs not only of the market and the business but also to their needs so it really is that cohesion i suppose yeah you know it's it's really this is uh this is kind of the big um so what i think of what we're trying to do which is internal hires have been shown to perform better. So they they reach productivity quicker and they generally perform better on performance reviews. And the, the thinking behind that is, is that uh, the products, the vision, the culture, the back channels on how things actually get done, uh, all of that takes experience and time and exposure. The job-specific skills are actually the easiest to train through uh, on-the-job training and formal education, learning and development programs. And so if you're a company and you are, you know, you're an incumbent, you've been there for a very long time, uh, and you're seeing these new competitors come up, and you know you're going to need to make some relatively big shifts in your business in order to stay competitive and stay stay a dominant player in the market, um, one approach is to say, look, we need to hire a lot of really expensive talent. And we need to, you know, shed costs in other places. We need to lay people off. And I think if you are, if you're at that place, it's kind of too late. What you should have done is invest in, <laughs> in mobility and retraining, so that you've got this talent pool of people that are far more agile uh, than a traditional workforce. So when you see a new opportunity and you think that this is the this is what our company needs to stake its claim on, you've got this pool of talent that you can immediately staff up and move internally, and and you've got that institutional knowledge coming with them. And you can you can use uh, upskilling programs to really tune that up, and you're probably going to pair that with some external hiring as well. But I think that's what what companies need to be doing. That's the kind of um, future uh, focused kind of uh, leadership that, that companies really need to be thinking about. Absolutely, there's some words of wisdom, if ever there were any. <laughs> But thank you so much, Pat, for talking to me today. And if any of you have been sort of inspired and want to really get to know more about this employee career pathing, visit paddlehr.com forward slash demo to learn more about the platform trusted by Fortune 1000 companies and see how it can increase your internal mobility. But thank you so much, Pat, for giving us your time today. Thank you so much, Lizzie. This was really good fun. You've been listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast with me, your host, Lizzie Benton. If you've enjoyed listening and want to keep up with all things culture, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to welcoming you back next week.